Welcome to TMI Today with Rita Bocuzzi and Jen Lee. In this podcast, there is no such thing as too much information. We are diving into all of the taboo topics from money and careers to relationships and parenting to whatever else we've been too afraid to discuss as women. Listen in and join the movement as we raise each other up in our everyday lives. Welcome, everybody. I'm Rita Bacuzzi, also known as Mama Rita Money, and I am here with the fabulous Jen Lee. And today we are doing our talk on TMI, TMI stuff, today's motivational insights. And our insight topic of the day is imposter syndrome. And we believe that learning life skills and overcoming things like imposter syndrome and having amazing relationships and developing ourselves to be better helps us to show up better for others. And we felt that no better than to have a friend that we had in common and did not know, Michelle Molitor, who is the mind detective, come on board and share a little bit about her background and those skills and how we can help you and get resources so so that we can, I, as I say, I level up into our better selves and flourish. So Michelle, welcome. We're super excited to have you here. Welcome, Michelle. I'm so excited thank to see you. you. Thank you. It's so great to see you both. It's a small world and I'm delighted to be here with you today. Thank Fantastic. You. So Michelle, Tell us what is imposter syndrome? We all know what it is, but let's talk a little bit like what's imposter syndrome and, and why should we be concerned about this? Well, imposter syndrome essentially is a, an overwhelming prevalent sense of, am I good enough? I don't know if I have all the answers. I'm going to be found out that I might not have all the answers because we should all have all the answers if I'm wearing an expert moniker, Right. And that um, looping thought can be very detrimental to you because it can keep you up at night. It can cause stress, anxiety, worry, fear, procrastination, hiding (laughs) out, put our invisibility cloaks on, right? All sorts of things. And um, if left unchecked, it can lead to of even physical manifestations in the body, right? We all we all suffer from imposter syndrome um, from time to time, but when it becomes chronic and it keeps you from doing the work that you know you can be doing, should be doing, um, that's when it becomes a problem. And and in the research that I've done over the last twenty years as a coach, um, what I've discovered is that self doubt or Uh, imposter syndrome is the nice moniker that was come up um, with by Pauline Clance and I always get their names wrong. Um, Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes, they're clinical psychologists who first identified it back in 1978, but in, in dealing with it with myself and trying to figure it out and how to move past it, essentially the underbelly of of imposter syndrome is self-doubt, right? And so through, through all the, the research and geeking out on neuroscience and things that I love to do, um, I've, I've identified five self-doubt archetypes that are the underbelly of imposter syndrome. And 
much like the five love languages, right? Um, mm-hmm. We all have them and we tend to have a particular favorite one or two that we lean into, right? You mean, Michelle, we're not all alike. We're not all the same. No. We don't no, all have the same not. imposter syndrome. I know. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I think that was really an interesting eye-opening thing too. when I discovered that people manifest imposter syndrome in different ways. Personally, I procrastinate the heck out of things. Like when I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I just push it off. So mm-hmm. you really speak to me when you talk about your different ways that people um manifest this imposter syndrome or self-doubt. So tell us about your five archetypes. Like what do, how do people look at this and how can they identify which one they are? Sure. So the five self-doubt archetypes are um, the procrastinating perfectionist. That's Miss Jen, right? (laughs) And these are your folks who procrastinate and overwork something until they just get it to perfection before they ever dare to put it out into the world because they're fearful of being judged for various reasons. Um, The second one is the shapeshifter. And these are folks who are masterful at juggling multiple roles to please others, typically because they grew up in an abusive or narcissistic household, right? So Mm. it's their coping mechanism for staying safe, right? And we'll talk about that in just a minute. So Michelle, is that people pleasers? Yes. Is, is that what that shapeshifter? Okay. I'm trying to like equate it with something that I can identify. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And they, they tend to not look after themselves. They Got put it. themselves okay. at the very bottom of the list um, because they don't feel they have a sense of value and worth. Right. Okay, um, the reluctant resistor, these are our friends who are too afraid to be um, seen or judged or rejected for their work. Um, so they're reluctant to take on new challenges or bigger challenges because that fear of failure is very, very daunting. Hmm. Um, the anxious avoider, this is my personal favorite, <laughs> is those who are scared of being rejected for not knowing enough, not having all the answers. And so they don't bother to ask for help. No, no, I'll just, I'll just do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because then I can't be judged, right? And then the last one is the fearful follower. And these are folks who just, they don't trust their own instincts. They don't trust their own expertise. So they will follow oftentimes blindly um, those who are in positions of power or um, elevated in some way in their mind's eye. Um, even if even if their gut is telling them, that's not right, don't, don't do it, but they do it anyway. And then they get pissed off because they didn't listen to their gut, right? So um, each one of these we can have different facets of them, but there's typically that one or two that is the the leading lady, if you will, of your self-doubt archetypes. Um, but the key here in pulling them apart like this is to then see, oh, it's just fear. And fear is an emotion and emotions are energy. And when you can when you can start to notice the energy of the emotions in your body, then you can start taking back control from the fear and start to dissipate it um, out of your body so it doesn't get stuck in your cellular system like emotional residue. Interesting. 
I love that. I could totally resonate with the top two, actually, uh, which was interesting for me. I kind of almost felt a 50-50 and I never thought about it as a shapeshifter, but uh, definitely can see. And it's interesting because once you see that, you have that awareness. And then, you know, once we acknowledge where we're at, then we know, like, okay, here I am. And then, like, where do you go from here? I mean, one of the things I was just thinking as you were talking, the fearful follower, twice in the past month, I've been driving and we were someplace that we didn't know where we were going. And <laughs> the passenger person, two different people were like, just follow that car. I was like, <laughs> how do you know the people in that car are going the same way we're going? <laughs> so like, they'll get us there since we don't know that direction. I'm like, that's a beautiful example i don't know follow that stranger in the car up there that we've never spoken to great idea (laughs) thank god i listen you know i'm like "Mm, no i don't think so So that's what this amazing new tool called navigation is for (laughs) but it 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 brings to light where because part of me was like why would that person say that why would they be following someone else well because they were in doubt and then that was how they're figuring it so it's kind of great to know the different archetypes not only just for ourselves so that sometimes we can understand why other people are yes because sometimes in a in a in a conversation that could be taken like they're not really trusting you as the driver right but what it is is it's their own they're fear, not trusting right? themselves right they're and not that's trusting a themselves. that's a great point um rita i actually have a a free masterclass that I do um, called Taming Your Self-Doubt. Folks can go and take the self-doubt finder quiz and identify their number one self-doubt, and then they can come join the masterclass and we break them down a little bit more in the masterclass. But it's also about noticing if you look at the five people in your immediate circle, the five people closest to you and start to think about it through this lens, like what's their self-doubt archetype? What's their self-doubt archetype? And you can start to see where their triggers might be triggering your triggers, right? Where you're creating that conflict or that rub with people that you care about, but it's really your fears, Mm -hmm. you know, beating heads against each other. So when you can see it through that light, you can start to have greater compassion for yourself and for other people. Yeah. And and, um, just to point on this is, I don't know if one side, or maybe it's a question, uh, is it different for male or field male? Because when I said the two different people, actually one was a male and one was a female. So in that case, it really just didn't even matter. So does it matter? Is it just really a point of the archetype, not so much uh, male or female experience, or is does that play into it, Fem- the masculine, the feminine? I haven't found that it, it, it tends to lean one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we continue to collect data, right? <laughs> so, um, it's, it's interesting. Um, but that's a great point. I actually was on another podcast interview, um, not too long ago. And they're like, do you see that different industries have self-doubt archetypes? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have to look at that. That's really fascinating. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. 
it's so much fun what you can do when you start gathering data and seeing how things interact with each other. And I think, Michelle, what you bring is the awareness factor is really important. Like once I started talking to you in real life and was more aware, you can counteract that somewhat and you can use that to your advantage. So Michelle, can you talk a little bit about how to use the awareness of when your self-doubt creeps in? What can you do? Yeah, and that's um, that's a great question, Jen, because that's really the key here is like, okay, great, I've got a name for it now. Woohoo! <laughs> now what the heck do I do with it? Well, and it and it is, it comes back to that simple awareness of um noticing what are the looping thoughts that you're telling yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm not uh, I, I'm not the expert that everyone thinks I am. I'm gonna be found out. Um, whatever those negative beliefs are that are pulling your energy down simply by noticing them, focusing your attention on them just for a moment, writing them out of getting them out of your head and writing them down on a piece of paper. Then you can start to discern, well, is that really true? And, and you can start to give yourself evidence to the contrary, because when we take on a limiting belief, right? It usually comes in when we're kids, right? Hmm. Um, your mom or your dad or your sibling or your teacher or family friend said something to you and it really struck your heart and it, and it stuck and you took it on as a belief. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Who am I? Whatever it might've been. And then as we move through life, we, our brains automatically start looking for evidence to support uh -huh. that belief, good, bad, or ugly. I can be totally successful. Look, there's evidence. I am a failure. Look, there's evidence, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, your reticular activating system, actually, right? If you decide, I want to buy a blue Tesla, right? <laughs> Suddenly you start seeing blue Teslas everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Everybody's got a blue Tesla all of a sudden, right? Because you start to look for evidence. So it's the same thing with our limiting beliefs, so by writing down that negative belief, you can start to then, you can then flip it to its exact opposite. So if you have a, a belief of who am I, I'm not enough. And you flip that, well, who am I? Of course I'm enough, mm -hmm. right? And then you can start to look for evidence of that. Well, I've accomplished this and I've done that. And I have these friends and associations and accolades, whatever it is to give yourself the proof, right? So you create your own cheat sheet of these are all the things I've done. These are the things I've accomplished. These are the people who love me, whatever it might be. Um, so that when that limiting belief starts to creep in, you may be like, no, 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 look, look at all this evidence that I have to the contrary of that. Thank you. Right. And it's, it's simply your amygdala, your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism in your brain. They're two little almond sized bits in the middle of your head that are there to protect you. And I like to call her Amy. Amy's the amygdala and she <laughs> loves you and keeps you safe. She's the little lizard lady in your limbic brain. Right. And so um, I always tell my clients, just say to Amy, thank you for sharing. I've got this. Thank you for sharing, Amy. Got this. And then it's a process of starting to rewire your own thinking, your neural pathways in your brain with new empowering beliefs. Right. Um, and that's what, you know, that's the beauty of what coaching does. It helps you start to identify and then start to put new beliefs into place. And what I discovered about 
six or seven years ago, um, this form of uh, hypnotherapy called rapid transformational therapy. And it's essentially a way of accessing your subconscious mind so that you can get at the root causes of those beliefs. Instead of trying to put a Band-Aid on something, you're actually pulling out the bad belief like a bad weed, right? <laughs> and then replacing it, seeding in new beliefs and so that you have a garden that actually flourishes in your mind. I think that's really interesting because... First of all, the picture of it is really cool. Like the the picture you just drew of pulling out a bad weed and and reseeding is really cool. And a lot of people don't realize, I see this with money and I'm sure Rita does too. A lot of people don't realize the things they do because of some belief that they don't realize is there. And so I think the hypnotherapy is really important because it, it kind of identifies those things that you're either unwilling to admit or unable to find. And so I think that's really cool. So, yes. And I love um, that point, Jen, because oftentimes we're not even aware of the belief that's holding us back because it's so deeply buried um, for various reasons. Right. Um, It might have been a simple comment in passing that someone said to you when you were a kid money, you have to work really hard to earn money or um, we can't hold on to money. Right. Mm -hmm. And just never seems to stick around. Whatever those beliefs around money that you took on, you might not even be aware, consciously aware that you adopted those beliefs from your Mm -hmm. family of origin. And so what I love about the rapid rewiring work that I do, which is combining coaching and hypnotherapy together, is that hypnotherapy works with the subconscious mind, which is 90 percent of your brain power. And coaching works with the other conscious 10% of your brain, right? So it's a conscious, um, subconscious approach that I take to get at the root causes of those beliefs and yank them out. And then we we replace them um, using a, a transformation recording that I create for folks that they listen to every night over 30 days. And it's that repetition that... Um, literally builds the new neural pathway. So if you grew up believing, oh, you have to work really, really hard for money and it never sticks around, we can identify that, move it out of the way and then replace it, right? It's like taking an old dirt road, bumps and and potholes, and then you, you pave over it and it's nice and smooth. So you can move easily in the direction of your success with greater ease and peace of mind. Love it. It just for me it comes up as because uh, I like to play on words and 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 repetition is the thing for me. So it's like when I think of I think of the A words, which is awareness, acknowledgement. This is helping you to shift your attitude, if you will. Like you're talking about the that transition. I always think of it as like this pathway. Like if I'm going on a hike, have you ever been on a hike? And then you see that paved road, right? That everybody goes, but then you see there's this other little less traveled road. It's just a little closer to the view, but might seem a little more scary and people haven't walked it, but as much, but as people start to, you're starting to see that that new pathway is safe and is formed. And then you get to take it, which is, you know, you get to take that action. And I love the fact that it's, it's that asking you know, once we do that one step, it opens up that beautiful 
window for exploration around like what is it like when you talked about the five archetypes so that this way you could identify it just like anything else in the world where if there's a situation you get to talk about it bring awareness to it and I think you know this totally aligns with TMI right mm -hmm. most people think it's too much information I I don't think that you could have enough information about this because it is a life skill which is part of today's motivational insights. It's that transformation so that people can really grow and flourish. And I just love um, how you're sharing. Now you mentioned you have uh, a quiz that people can take. You have some resources that people yep. can tap into. So tell me about that again. It was quick, it was like a quiz. And then yep, so there's the, there's the self-doubt archetype quiz, find yourself doubt name it so you can, you know, see it and dissipate. One of my, one of my favorite quotes is um, when you look fear in the face, it turns into the nothingness that it actually is. Right. So this is a way of doing that. And um, I have a, a free masterclass taming your self doubt. Um, the next one's coming up at the end of September. And um, then for those who are ready to take a deeper dive into really pulling out those bad weeds, um, I actually have an online seven-week course called How to Become Unshakable. And it talks in great depth about um, what are those self-doubt archetypes, how to eliminate them, and how to reclaim your own value and worth, to get paid what you're worth, to speak your truth. Um, and to really stand in your own expertise um, so that you can step fully into your own gifts and, and be of contribution in the world in the way that really is on purpose for you. Sounds fabulous. So Michelle, we always ask, what's one fun fact about you? Like what would, maybe people don't know, what's one fun fact about Michelle Molitor? Um, that I'm a bit of an animal whisperer. Um, I, uh, I have, my house is lovingly called the critter cottage <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I have currently, I have a couple of cats and I have this crazy golf and cockatoo, Alice, who's large and in charge, um, and chases the cats out of the house. But, um, I often have a myriad of visitors from turkeys to deer, to raccoons, skunks, possums, squirrels, coyotes. I've had, I've had all sorts of things. <laughs> that sounds really fun. <laughs> Very cool. Love it. Well, we want to just say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your resources so that, you know, you said a word that's so important to me is I think everybody wants to be able to contribute in the world. And I love what you're contributing to the world so that others then can be empowered to contribute their best gifts, step into their greatness, uh, which makes them shine and the world shine alongside you and, and us. And just thank you so much, Michelle. We really appreciate you and your wisdom for today. Oh, thank thanks. It's so, uh, such a, a joy and pleasure to be here with you both. What a treat, um, to see two of my favorite people and, um, and to share, you know, this work that I love so much and just, you know, it's all about helping transform people's lives. One, one person at a time, I figured, 
given the circumstances of today in our world, if I can help raise one person's vibration, help them see the world in a more expansive way, filled with greater love and, and, and self-compassion, um, then, then it's been a good day, right? Very good. Thank you, Michelle.